Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. At Shallon Noon's um, sentencing hearing the other day, she's the she's the she's Jay Noon's wife, who is our Thursday night co-host, who was recently fined or sentenced, or I don't I don't know the know the entire details, but she was sentenced because she left her child in a in a car for a short period of time. Yep, and some busybodies went out in with the air conditioning on. Yep, some busybodies came out and said, "Oh, this is abuse," and it's really not. Um, but yeah, so she had her sentencing date just on the seventeenth, and only and I went. And I found something so interesting um, that day because Jay Noon was like speaking with her for her whatever on the day of the sentencing um that's obviously her husband so they get to do that and he said well one of the reasons you should consider a light sentence judge is because we're being politically targeted our car had like health freedom new hampshire and free staters stickers on it and um i just believe we're, we're being politically targeted he said and then the prosecution this is how i'm tying this into the kansas situation The prosecution stood up and said, it's not a politically motivated attack against this family. I have full autonomy to choose who I want to prosecute. And I guess I just have never thought about the mechanics of it before that way, because I was just like, that's so weird. I would think he has to prosecute like everything that comes on his desk because it's like already been determined to be like a crime from the cops or whatever. But no, it makes sense because in this Kansas case, like there is a check there, I guess, like a possible check because I and I wondered how often does it happen? The prosecutor's prosecutor says, I don't want to, you know, prosecute this. But it makes sense that it would happen sometimes when it's just this bad, like it is in Kansas, um, the newspaper situation, because the prosecution doesn't want to take on something that they know that is they're going to lose. Well, and and not even just that. I mean. The, the longer they draw it out, the worse it looks. And if the prosecutor looks at it and they're like, okay, this is clearly, you know, not legal. They went way outside of their, you know, what they're legally allowed to do here. Mm-hmm. You know, if they take this to trial, I mean, like, that's going to look so bad. So the prosecutor probably doesn't want to draw any more attention to it. Yeah, I also really am hopeful that um, one another part about it is what you're saying, that the prosecution just thought, wow, this is made national headlines and it looks so bad because it's good when, you know, people speak up about something and, you know. Sure. But, you know, happens. when you have national headlines blaring across the country about these horrible police officers and what they've been doing, it creates it creates a story that, you know, the courts and the government don't want to have portrayed about them. I wish it yeah. happened every time. Yeah, me too. But yeah, and I and I mentioned this last week when we were talking about this story. Um, so allegedly, the the chief of police was being accused of being a sex offender or something mm-hmm. at his last wherever he worked last. Yeah, I think it was where was it? Um, I think it was Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But but either way, I kind of made the point that if he would have just you know not raided these people. It wouldn't have caught national headlines. It would have just been a local thing that probably would have just blown over. And now, I mean, multiple national news sources are reporting on this and people are outraged 
and now, you know, this this elderly woman has passed away. So all of this, like they really blew it out of proportion. Yep. And now, you know, so anytime I share something about this story, I like to point out this guy, you know, like this is why this all happened. So this is like the, you know, conspiracy theory around it, so to speak. And it's just funny because we're in New Hampshire and we're sitting here talking about how Gideon Cody, a Marion, New, I mean, um, Kansas police officer, Maybe trying to hide evidence that he's a sex offender wasn't going to happen if you didn't, uh, you know, go this hard against this group of people who were trying to learn the truth. But yeah, we would have no clue. We wouldn't care about that. Yeah, it would be out of our out of our view. We wouldn't even know anything about it. And now here we are talking about it on national radio. Yep. And and apparently the prosecutor didn't want to be a part of that. So I just think it's interesting. Um, They can choose who to prosecute and who not to. And and I guess it kind of makes sense. They probably just mostly choose to prosecute um, as long as they feel like they can win the case. In 2012, the 8th Judicial District Magistrate Judge reportedly completed a program after her own DUI arrest in Coffee County. I guess that's Kansas. And was then busted seven months later for a DUI in Morris County. In okay, the- so right. that's, really uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty close together. Yeah, pretty close together. And I typically mean, you'd think you'd learn yeah. from the yeah. first one. Maybe she's used to just going around being like, I'm a judge, uh, let me off cops and yeah, or she's do. an alcoholic but yeah. the other thing too is it sounds like from what you've been reading bonnie that this with that these duis are in 2012 so why should they really matter well that's what i'm saying i it's not like it's like something like oh she can never change she's a bad person for the rest of her life or anything like that um the question is just should she have um i forget what they call it <laughs> reposed herself i, I don't know the word herself, I yes think? recused herself i i guess because it could have impacted her decision. Plus, she, I mean, she signed poss- on a illegal warrant. Like, yeah, I mean that in and of itself is obviously not okay. Um, I don't. It's hard to say one way or the other if her DUI history would make her more likely to sign that warrant. I mean, I and I also I, I also don't know if it's necessary if it's necessary for her to you know say oh I can't rule on this because of. This is my history from, you know, 10 plus years ago. I just, I don't know. I don't, I mean, these people shouldn't have control over other people's lives anyway, but I just think um, it should be as fair as possible for the person who, the people, the group in this case, who should be considered innocent until proven guilty. We know that doesn't happen. Due process doesn't happen in this country all the time, but it should always be, you know, as favorable as possible for the person who is going to prove their innocence or be shown to be guilty in court. But it says, in the latter incident, so when she was busted the seventh or second time after seven months, the then county attorney who went by Laura Allen was driving a judge's vehicle when she went off the road and hit a shed near Council Grove football field, according to a 2012 report by WIBW. She also had a suspended license. This just sounds like someone who's so, you know, she just thinks she can get away with anything to me. Yeah. Like all those things. I I can kind of only speak to my own experience, but within nursing, you have to prove that you're a good Samaritan, right? So if you have a DUI on your record, especially a recent one, you can go to nursing school. You might get accepted into nursing school, but if you want to sit for the board exam, it is extremely difficult to even have a DUI on your record because essentially, you know, they say like 
nurses and doctors are supposed to be really upstanding individuals that have really good judgment. And if you're drinking and driving, then you don't have good judgment. Hmm. So that's just what I know from like my own kind of field. Yep. And I would think that a judge would also need to be, you know, prove that they're an upstanding Samaritan right. and, you know, that they have good judgment and clearly like drunk driving to the point where you're crashing your car and possibly putting other people's lives at risk. Like that just doesn't sound like having good judgment to me. Yeah, and I think- know people change and I'm not saying like, you know, this should be a life sentence for her, right. but I, I just find it interesting that like. She couldn't be a nurse, probably, but she can be a, a judge. Right. You like, would think that the bar would be set higher. Meyer said, despite the newspaper being open to cooperating with the police. Sorry, it didn't even say who Meyer was. Meyer is one of the people um, who got their house raided, the publisher. It never even said that. Um, Meyer said, despite the newspaper being open to cooperating with the police, cops never reached out or asked for the document. In addition, it was revealed the newspaper was investigating Marion Police Chief Gideon Cody, who began work at the department in June after leaving a Missouri force earlier this year. The Marion County record was looking into sexual misconduct allegations against Cody. And the newspaper's equipment has since been returned. But that doesn't mean the cops didn't get to look through it and see their sources of who was talking about Gideon Cody. And that could be dangerous for them well, and that's the thing too i mean they already got what they wanted mm-hmm. more more than likely they already got what they wanted from the things that they stole from the computers so, the phones everything they could have got it so easily yeah absolutely so at this point okay just because they gave it back the damage is already done you know mm-hmm. and someone literally died and i know correlation isn't always causation but it's pretty strange that this 98 year old woman died the day after they raided her house and um riley actually brought in some show prep about that and maybe we'll be able to play the video on the air um it's pretty short there was just some clips from the day that their house was raided apparently they had an indoor camera and the woman was clearly very distraught so I think it's just not that um, hard to put together, put two and two together and realize that that's why she died. She was extremely stressed out. She was really upset. She's she's really old. Yep. And she's having an experience that's stressing her out. They would stress out anyone that can give people PTSD and stuff like that. And um, it's just somebody living for 98 years on this planet um, some a human being who is used to having respect, having people come into her house and she's telling them, stand outside at least. You can stand outside and watch what they're doing. They're just not listening to her. Yeah. They're, um, you know what? I, I saw somebody, house. somebody on Twitter commented, you know, in other countries, this person would be revered. Hmm. Like she would be well respected. And it's very unfortunate because in this case, they were absolutely disrespecting her, yep. her property, and her space, you know? And it's it's really sad. And, you know, I come, and I don't always, you know, necessarily think people should always follow this, but I was raised to respect my elders, you know, especially very elderly people. We have Gigi from South Carolina. You're on the air. What's on your mind, Gigi? Good evening, everybody. Nikki, I missed you. I'm glad you're back. Hi, Gigi. I missed you, too. Nice to hear from you. To you, dear. Listen, speaking of police and police behavior, today 
I attended a brilliant, brilliant, unbelievably awesome, utterly stimulating, incredibly eye-opening, and I should put in parentheses, alarming, lecture by none other than criminal defense attorney named Christopher Fabricant. He is the lead technology and so-called junk science attorney for the Innocence Project. God love those men and women. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, they're great. Oh, they are. And he was talking about the problem in the country is with the issue of qualified immunity all over the country and federal ter- territories because it takes away from police having to be accountable and responsible. Yep. And just because somebody says, I'm a forensic scientist, bite marks, fingerprints, DNA, saliva, so on and so forth, a piece of hair. He said, this is known as junk science. Man, I was loving this program, and you guys know me and everybody listening out there. If it's constitutionally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me. If it's Um, constitutionally, pardon? Just unconstitutional or? No, if it's constitutionally relevant, you could just imagine me at this program. I was taking copious notes, and then I was so excited. I couldn't wait for my husband to come home to tell him about it because he's a practicing attorney here in South Carolina. And the more I was listening and the more I was thinking, yes, because he was explaining exactly what you guys were just talking about with what happened with this senior citizen lady, the owner slash publisher of this newspaper in Kansas, and how black and brown people are targeted by police all over the country. Absolutely. Gigi, you brought with up the- no accountability and no responsibility all because of so-called, and I'm saying it in quotations, qualified immunity. Yeah. Yep. I was going to bring it up when we were talking earlier about this happening. So the people got their computers back. They got their phones back and files. But the woman's life can never be brought back because she died the next day. She collapsed as a result of being abused emotionally and her house being topsy-turvy. Yep. We're, we're going to get into that video. What an utter disgrace. They should be held negligible Absolutely. for causing such emotional and physical harm to this elderly lady. And like you said, Bonnie, I was raised the same. Gigi, you brought up the Innocence Project, and I want to mention that the Innocence Project is pretty important because it's a project working on overturning wrong, wrongful yes, convictions. Yes, sir. Absolutely. My father was a part of it when I was growing up in Miami-Dade County, Florida. And my father was a criminal defense attorney and then became a, a criminal court judge for the circuit court in Miami-Dade County. And I taught constitutional law in Florida for years and then specialized in appellate legal briefs, and I was raised in that environment. Question, question, question. Just because someone wears a badge don't mean jack. 
Badges so, don't grant special rights. This guy was talking, you said, about junk science. So was he saying that it's not always really reliable when they find yes, bite marks? That's exactly the word he used, <laughs> reliability. He said potential jurors come into court and they think they've seen it on law and order. <laughs> SCI and another program called The Castle. I've never seen that. Me either. But um yeah. and, and they were and and this gentleman, Mr. Christopher Fabricant, was talking about very particular cases. Ninety nine percent of them black and brown men of color on death row in various states, particularly Louisiana and Texas. Hmm. Well, I can see it. Those are police states. Colin Eric Myers. Don't you touch any of that stuff. Ma'am. This is my house. I know. You're wasting your breath. Ma'am. You're wasting your breath. You asshole. We'll be out of here pretty quick. Get them out of here. They're here. You done... Your mother loves you. <laughs> That's you a good question. So maybe she, I mean, I don't know for sure that she's correct, but she said police chief. So maybe that one right there is Gideon Cody. And he's the one that said, ma'am, you're wasting your breath. I mean, what a loser thing he to say. He just seems so happy being the bad Chevy in the room and trying to put her in her place but he, right. she's standing up to him and it's like when you're a bully it makes you seem so much weaker when you pick on someone who is you know not your own size or 98 years old and on yeah. a walker it's just ridiculous like i can't wrap my mind around why cops feel like they're one doing something good i don't really believe that most of them, i don't even believe that most of them believe that I no, put- it's a power trip. They're power hungry. They want that free pass to do whatever they want to do. They want to be able to tell people what to do. Yep. And they want to feel like they're better than other people. Like they're above the law. And I'm here to, you know, to do all this dumb stuff that doesn't matter at all and isn't helping anyone. I'm the law. You're going to do exactly what I say. Yeah. Right? Like they just get off on, you know, telling people what to do and being, oh, you're wrong and I'm right. And it's like, these people are just un developed little children like when you're a kid you think that oh i'm gonna show everyone i'm better than them maybe but an adult shouldn't act that way they should realize how silly and ridiculous it makes them look empathetic but nope these are grown men just still behaving that way Mm -hmm. and um trying to ruin an old lady's life so let's continue I love, love that. Her. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Best I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to talk to you. Right. Uh, I, even she knew that. Like, there's yeah. so many people that 
get arrested and they just think, well, a cop asked me, so I legally have to talk to... No, you don't. You don't have to talk to cops. You, you can exercise your right to remain silent. Just, and it is, yeah. it is nice that she can identify that this is wrong because right. there is so much brainwashing that goes on out there. And I think a lot of people, like, if... I don't know you if know, it's necessarily brainwashing. I think it's this this it's idea, at least conditioning. Conditioning, yeah, to respect people with supposed authority, and yet here they are, just people with titles. Well, and it's nice that she recognizes that, and it's like, no, I'm not going to respect you just because you're a police officer. She recognizes they are armed thugs that are breaking into her home right. and stealing things. Right, like these are the real criminals in this situation. Absolutely. And it's it's really refreshing to see someone that not only, you know, sees that and recognizes that, but is also going to stand up for herself in her property and say, no, like, these are my boundaries. You know, you you need to leave. You like stop doing that. You know, a lot of people just kind of roll over and they either get scared or, you know, oh, well, it's a cop. So, you know, and this is a raid and I, I just have to tell them whatever they're asking. Yep. No, you don't. You never, never have to. And it's scary. And it obviously was really scaring her, too. But, you know, uh, at least she has her dignity. And um, these people, as much as they think that they're uh, looking like the big tough guys, uh, to me, they look like uh, stupid little worms. Like, I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous, this idea that a lot of people never grow out of, that just being the person with power makes them... Like, no one looking at this thinks you look cool, dude, talking to an old lady like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone look, makes... I don't think anyone thinks these guys are cool anymore. No. Let's continue. Oh my way. It's all right. I want to see what they're doing. Well, they're working. I don't care what they're doing. So, since you can't see the video, I just want to explain. She's going on the other side of the room with her walker, and one of those cops that she had told to, you know, like, go stand outside, you can see from the uh, front porch... Well, he's standing in the way of the like walkway she wants to go down, and she says, "Get out of my way!" with her walker, yeah. and um, the cop like kind of grabs her arm and says, "They're working," as if she's gonna like harm them or anything, or as if she's stupid and she doesn't understand what's right. going yeah, she on. She wants like, to know what they're doing in her house. Yeah, right. like this- she wants to see it. I think Riley had a little bit more to say about the last topic we were having or conversation we were having. So before, before we went to the break, Bonnie, you were saying that all cops are bad and it just seems like you're collectivizing cops in general instead of the system. I think the entire system is messed up and I'm I'm not going to say that all cops are bad because that would be collectivizing the people who try and join the police force to try and do some good. Granted, they're in a horrible system. They're doing horrible things. Not all of them are bad, though. But how do you define just like a bad person, Riley? A pers- a bad person is someone who I would suggest is willingly harming people. And I can see how the profession of cop is harming person. The person themselves isn't bad. They just got forced into a horrible system and they're thinking they're doing good. I don't think that there's any force involved, though. That's the thing. They've applied for this job. And the other thing I'd like to point out is, yeah, there are a lot of things that you probably don't realize, bad things that you don't realize are happening until you're actually in it. You're actually caught. But let's think about what people commonly know about police before they sign up. They know that you're going to be Stopping people on the road to hand out tickets when they're doing things that are not a crime, like driving too fast. But they fast. don't see it that way. They, they see I these know. things as, as crimes. 
that need to be dealt with. I know. We, we as libertarians do not. It's not about being a libertarian. It's about realizing what is right and what is wrong. And I, I personally believe that there's an objective right and wrong. And that involves if you're harming someone else unnecessarily, like there isn't like something you're defending yourself from, you're hurting a person. And that can even be financially or wasting, yeah. uh, you know, precious hours of their time. Um, and you don't have a reason for it, then it's wrong. And I just think that, that even if they haven't learned that in their lives and they just don't think that it's wrong, it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. That's what I think. Okay. I think if you've become an adult and because obviously it's not children signing up to be cops, you've become an adult and you haven't learned that by now, you're um, intellectually lazy. And that's the thing. I don't consider it collectivizing by calling them all wrong because I'm saying that a group of people who did this thing became cops are bad so i don't know that's just my defense my answer to that right i can see i can see where you're coming from the other thing to remember too is you know i've heard stories and i haven't confirmed this but police departments are hiring people with lower iqs yep i've heard that um it's been covered on the show before It, it just it's leading me to believe that they want to keep people trapped in a horrible system. And that's a good point because they're, um, it seems to me like a little groomery. Like if you want to take people that you know are dumber than you and tell them what to do when you know it's wrong, that's well, kind of like a groomer. The thing, you know, they want people that are going to blindly obey authority. Yep. Right. Well, I don't know. That's all I had to say about it. Yeah. And- I mean, I can definitely see both sides of it. Like, I, I'm, I kind of lean towards like what Riley's saying. Like, I don't typically like collectivizing. And I feel like it is kind of collectivizing because like I haven't met every single cop. Like, maybe, I, I don't know, like just to give like the human being side of it giving them the benefit of the doubt like i just think that we uh, it's not collectivizing when if i say that everyone who is some race does a thing that's collectivizing because everybody's different and, but if i'm saying everyone who does this action is in the wrong and therefore that's bad it's not collectivizing in um, my opinion i think it is because if i were to say like oh well all doctors or even to make it more specific like all oral surgeons you know something like that like to me that's still collectivizing because it's not looking at the individual but if you say whenever, all oral surgeons and then something that is definitely true of all oral surgeons yeah you're talking about a collective but it's not wrong like if i say all oral surgeons do surgery on mouths is that just wrong? You just shouldn't do that? Well, I mean, I mean, that's kind of like, obviously, because like, that's like just the description of it. But but that's exactly what I mean. Like all cops signed up for a job by the, the definition. They signed up for this job. And I'm saying, and Riley's even agreeing, that the job causes you to do immoral things. So therefore, that just makes all cops bad. Um. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> But if there's the the piece of ignorance there or if they truly believe that they are helping their community, because like there could be like it is possible to have a cop who has never I mean, even you could even argue the act of pulling someone over and, you know, triggering that anxiety kind of, you know, facilitating them getting stolen from through tickets and traffic violations, things like that, like 
you could say like, yeah, that is a bad thing to do. I would agree. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I just don't necessarily like blanket statements. Like, you know, all cops are bad. I just, I try to I avoid blanket statements as much as possible too. I just try but... to avoid untrue statements. So like if a blanket statement's true, like, <laughs> you know, my I, point I is, I don't one. know all cop. I haven't met every single police officer in the entire world. So, you know, I can I can theorize like, yeah, more than likely they're probably, you know, all they're all probably doing bad things and they're more I, than likely all bad people. But I think the separation we have here is you guys are saying like the intention matters a lot. And I just don't think it matters as much as I think you guys think it does, because the the thing is, like, if you're going around harming other people and you just haven't thought of it that way that just makes you a bad lazy intellectually lazy person who's doing bad things whether you want to or meant to or not and if you've done it a million times you haven't even thought about it yeah to me that just makes you a terrible person we have this story from fortune.com Housing market affordability is worse now than at the height of the housing bubble in 2006. Whoa. Which, you know, that was famously really bad because there was a huge bubble and then it burst and and then we had the 2008 financial crisis. I'm going to predict this financial crisis when it hits and I'm I'm saying it's hitting now is going to be far worse than the 2008 crisis and potentially the Great Depression. Huh. Well, even the Great Depression. Although, I mean, I would definitely say more than 08. It, it'll definitely be worse be just because of inflation alone. But uh, The Great Depression, maybe. But I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, the, worse than the panic of 08, for sure. Well, I, I bet that you're right, Riley. I, and I, don't even, I haven't even like looked into it much, but I just would bet you're right because inflation can only get worse and worse. And we had 2020 now, so we had, I think it was more than a third of all the money yes, ever printed? Yes, it was a third of the money that's ever been printed in the history of the Federal Reserve Bank since yep. 1913. A third of that money was printed in 2020 so everyone could have their stimulus checks and yep. government welfare and that inflated the money supply thus leading to increased price, yeah, increased prices because there are more dollars chasing the same amount of goods. In this case, fewer goods because of supply chain issues right. in the economy, thus leading to higher prices. I'm wondering, does anybody know what uh, the Fed is reporting the national inflation rate at? I haven't Because I know like, last time it was recently. like 7% or like something ridiculous. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, anybody that, you know, is alive and breathing... <laughs> can tell you that it has to be more than that yeah if you know the answer 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can give us those numbers if you have them yeah maybe there's somebody out there who's just screaming at their radio the answer but yeah i don't know off the top of my head i haven't um heard it recently but yeah i think the last time i heard was also seven percent so maybe somewhere around there because you know they like to lie it says on Monday, the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate reached 7.48 percent marking the highest level since the year 2000. Even prior to this recent surge in mortgage rates, housing affordability as monitored by the Atlanta Fed had already deteriorated beyond the levels seen at the housing bubble's peak in 2006. Once this latest mortgage rate surge is factored in, August 2023 will become the worst month for housing affordability this century. 
This is really sad because, you know, those of us who want to eventually have houses and own property, we're, we may not be able to at this rate. Right. And it just sucks because there's like a lot of people who want to move to New Hampshire and a lot of them keep saying like, you know, houses are expensive right now. So I'm pushing it off. Houses are expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And houses seem to go off the market really fast here. Oh, my gosh. And there's no inventory at all. And, And people keep talking about this bubble. And honestly, I mean, people have been talking about the bubble for the past two, three years. And I just don't see anything happening, really. Like, you know, like the rates are fluctuating, like they went up and now they're kind of coming down again. And, you know, houses were up and now the prices are coming a little bit down. But I just don't I I don't see the prices coming down, honestly. Like, I just think it's going to stay this bad. Hmm. I mean, there's no way to know. And then, you know, every real estate agent you talk to or every, you know, uh, economist that is (laughs) predicting things like they all say something different so some people you know i heard you know some real estate agents say like this is just with inflation like this is the price of a house these days like money is just worthless essentially and then some people are talking about the bubble and it's like okay if you just wait you know one year maybe the prices are going to come down but by that time inflation may be skyrocketing again or something's going to change in the housing market and houses will be still unaffordable. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. if your money's worth less, it doesn't really matter yeah, either if the way. bubble bursts. And that's the thing, too. Like, either way, I mean, the economy's in shambles and the money's worthless and things are unaffordable. I mean, people can't even afford food. It's like, oh, we're talking about buying houses. I mean, a lot of people can't even afford groceries. Yeah, Never absolutely. mind a house. Says the journey to this predicament can be traced back to last year's sharp rise in mortgage rates, which escalated from three percent to over seven percent. That rage surge, coupled with pandemic housing boom, the pandemic housing boom—I don't even know what that is—pushing U.S. home prices up over forty percent in just two years, deteriorated housing affordability across the nation. Wow, forty percent. I think what they're referring to is the the idea that, you know, when the pandemic hit, people wanted to move someplace else. A lot of them were moving out of the cities because the yeah. cities were crazy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And I think like a lot of those people moved to New Hampshire. A lot of people from Massachusetts moved to southern New Hampshire. Yeah, I did see. To get away from like all of the tyranny there. And people from New York and elsewhere probably moved here too. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Caller, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey there. It's me again. This is Tony from Chattanooga. I need to make clarification on the last thing we talked about, about your secession from the United States. The federal government will withhold funding from any state that helps you after you secede from the government. I mean, how do you know that? that? It's never happened before. Wait a minute. They're going to barricade your state off 
You can't get in and out. No power lines going in and out. You will be considered a rogue state. Are they going to are they going to cut our power lines if we decide to break away from the United States government? Because we're, we already have power lines going in and out of New Hampshire. I, I just I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But Nikki asked you a question, Tony. So would you mind answering? What makes you believe that? How do you know that? Tony, hey, you there? Yes. Okay. What makes me believe that is dealing. Watching the news, watching the government deal with other countries, other people that that act as a rogue state. And if you secede from the United States government, that's what you're going to do. You're going to be considered a rogue state. And the government will withhold federal funding from any other states that do business with you. So last last time you called in, um, I pointed out that New Hampshire is one of the states that actually gives out more funding than we receive from the federal government. So financially speaking, it actually doesn't really make sense. It's almost like the rest of the country is kind of a burden on us economically. Um, And I'm not even if they were to cut power lines. I mean, I'm not really concerned about that as well because we would be able to sustain our own infrastructure when it comes to things like electricity, water, waste removal. Um, yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't be impossible for us to be able to handle all of that are on our own, you know, in a very and last efficient time he called, manner. We, none of us knew because I just, I don't know, I don't pay the electrical bill in my house. Um, none of us knew this, but... So, like we didn't have a clear answer for Tony, but he was saying, "Oh, the feds are going to take away your electricity." Remember, he was saying they're going to take away your electricity and something else. Electricity, bye bye electricity, something like that. Yeah. Like poof, it's gone. It was so ridiculous. Well, New Hampshire completely controls that, not the feds. Also, the oh yeah, so it's a state thing. So roads yeah. too, even even the roads. Like I thought maybe there's some like um, federally, like there are interstate roads and the feds claim to own them, but New Hampshire maintains them. So, yeah, I just... You have anything to say about that, Tony, since last time you said those are just going to magically disappear if we secede? Right. That's that's what I'm saying. The state, the federal government is going to barricade your roadway system off in New Hampshire from the rest of the country. Because if you're not part of the United States, the United States isn't going to let you travel through New Hampshire because... That your roads are no longer United States roads. Well, what about this, Tony? I just want to ask, do you believe that that is right? Do you think that the federal government would be right in doing that? If you secede from the United States and, and decide not to be a part of our democracy any longer, then yes, they are right to do that. Do you but think why? that people would be... They would be right in ruining some people's businesses that um, rely on, you know, interstate travel right now. You think it would just be fine because, well, they made a decision that they didn't want to be part of the federal government? It would not be right, and it would be a problem, but the United States would build roads all the way around to bypass you. Nikki has a article about electric vehicles owners possibly getting targeted by some governments. Yeah, so this is out of Oregon and Utah. So Oregon and Utah announced mandated GPS trackers in electric vehicles to tax drivers per mile driven. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, 
The landscape of road taxation is shifting as Oregon and Utah take innovative steps to address the unique challenge posed by electrical vehicles. In an effort to fairly fund road maintenance, these states are introducing GPS trackers for electric vehicles, aiming to track miles driven and consequently impose a per mile tax. And I'm sure this, you know, ties into the 15 minute city to like, oh, you don't want to go too far because you're going to be taxed. <laughs> yeah. It is no surprise that this move has sparked debates about privacy concerns and the expanding role of technology in governance. Right. That's what I was thinking. Obviously, they're going to try to justify it by saying, well, we need a GPS tracker to say, see how many miles you yeah. drove. But w- w- do you need to know where these people are at all times? And that's the thing, too. It's like, mm, yeah, what else are you finding out with those GPS trackers, though? Right. Who's you know? watching the data? Why yeah. couldn't it Is just data be secure? Couldn't it just no. be that they look at the odometer at the beginning of the year, then look at it at the end of the year? Yeah, like there are other things to address, and this isn't even an issue, so I don't even know why it needs to be addressed. Um, and I didn't really, I, I did know that they use some of the taxes from you know fuel sales to fund maintenance for the roads. Allegedly, I doubt that's actually really that true. But it just seems like such a non-issue. Like, a lot of these states are pushing so hard that people get electric vehicles, and now all of a sudden you're going to tax people more for them? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. But the rationale behind this change is twofold. With electric vehicles eschewing traditional gasoline consumption, the revenue generated from gasoline taxes typically used for road maintenance faces a decline. In response, Oregon and Utah are piloting programs to ensure that electric vehicle owners contribute to maintaining the roads they use. Michigan is also contemplating a similar road usage charge system. The thing is, Utah is traditionally a conservative state, or used to be. But it seems like more and more, the people calling themselves the government of Utah want to tax people more. Yeah, Yeah. I was honestly, I mean, I'm not surprised by a new tax coming to Utah, but I was a little surprised by the whole GPS tracker thing. Yeah. Seems like something the people of Utah would be like, I'm not going to put up with that. I know. Seriously. Um, Oregon's Orgo program encourages volunteers to sign up for a system where they pay a fee based on the miles they drive on public roads. While around 700 participants have joined the program, uptake has been limited. Participants can either manually report their mileage or employ GPS devices to monitor their travel. Why would you sign up for that? Hmm. I wouldn't, but I don't drive, so there's that. Maybe I just, yeah, it's just strange, though. Maybe it's like if you get found out that you're not signing up, then... Well, it's a volunteer-based program, so it seems uh, voluntary. Um, So maybe now it's voluntary, but won't be in the future? Yeah, so so I guess that program is to test out how it would work if they were to put this into legislation. Hmm. Uh, Utah, however, has gone a step further by mandating GPS trackers for every electric vehicle. With roads funded through gasoline sales taxes, the state is adapting to the rising number of fuel-efficient and electrical vehicles. Under Utah's system... Uh, EV drivers are charged approximately one cent per mile, deducted from a prepaid wallet. The DriveSync app, uh, integral to this system, 
offers trip tracking and driving reports, even including a driving coach feature that assesses driving behavior. So this is going way beyond just trying <laughs> to tax people. Yeah, it really is. It sounds like it sounds like what the people calling themselves the state of Utah are trying to do is get more into your driving habits. They can tell you, oh, you need to drive better. Right. You're yeah. a bad driver. Well, they're trying to spy on people, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, after this article goes to the internet, so they, they're quoting some internet users, uh, one user stated, they may use GPS for that reason, but I bet that's not the only thing they end up using it for. Right. Yeah, you don't say. Have you guys heard that it's possible that mask mandates are coming back? I've oh, heard yeah. about that, but I, I'm skeptical that mask mandates are going to come back. Maybe in hmm. some cities, like Los Angeles, San Francisco, some cities in California, but definitely not here in New Hampshire. I mean, it's kind of strange because, so I guess Alex Jones was one of the people who, you know, he allegedly on his show, he said... He was friends with someone who was very high up. Well, Alex Jones is known as being a, a bit of a conspiracy nut, so there is that. Uh, but most of the things he says end up being true, so I, I usually kind of, whatever, pay he, attention. He's read to... about a lot of stuff like way in the past that's happened so, now. And, and according to him, um, you know, he had a friend who was obviously remaining anonymous, but a friend that worked at some something to do with airlines. And they were saying that they went to a meeting with a bunch of high up execs that were saying that the mask mandates were coming back and, you know, this, that and the other thing. Um, But, yeah, I've just been seeing so much about it um, on social media and people are, you know, the we will not comply thing is coming back. And, you know, people are just really, really, really up in arms about it, which, you know, of course, I mean, I was not a fan of the mandates. But, you know, if a store wanted me to wear a mask and I didn't want to wear a mask, I just wouldn't go to that store. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's best. Yeah. And, and even, I don't know, it's just, it seems like people are so upset about it. I don't want to say for no reason, but it seems like people are overreacting. Well, my question is just like, is it going to happen or not? I guess I we'll know. find out. I guess we'll find out when the time comes, when fall comes around. It just seems interesting that, you know, fall's approaching, flu season is approaching, and they're hyping up COVID. They're hyping up everyone gets their, everyone needs to get their flu shots and COVID shots because, you know, flu season is upon us. Therefore, COVID season might be upon us. Because I, I just think that it may not happen because I just think that way more people will not comply this time. And I, I think yeah. you're right, Bonnie. I, I tend to believe that it wouldn't happen, that people aren't going to be all about getting complying to the mandates because we've been through this before. Right. Yeah, and I think people have gotten so used to not having to wear the masks. Like in, even in a lot of, you know, like healthcare jobs, hmm. they they got rid of employees having to wear masks. Like you never hear about like people needing, you know, a vaccine passport to go to a concert or to get on an airplane or to go to country like we really stopped hearing all of that stuff for at least the better part of this year. Yeah, people forgot so, that vaccine passports were a thing, and so yeah, I honestly yeah, forgot it's, you said it's that. It's honestly really sad that so many people uh, got vaccinated when they didn't want to to either keep their job or just because they thought they were going to have to or for a concert or whatever. And yeah, some of those regulations were put in place for a little bit, but. I mean, even in the bigger cities, like I don't think they're requiring vaccines to go to concerts and 
in sporting events and stuff like that, like they said was going to continue. I think yeah. that kind of just fizzled out and all of those people got played. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, I, I don't I agree with you. I don't think that's happening because I haven't even thought about vaccine passports in so long. And we also live in New Hampshire, so we weren't dealing with that to begin with. And really, the only reason why we knew about it is probably because we do this show and we report on the news and, you know, the ha- the happenings that we're, we're seeing. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of free staters were like, it's so bad. It's, it, I mean, it was so bad. It's bad at any time people's rights are being taken away. It was absolutely so bad. But New Hampshire was like, wow, there this is like freedom land up here when I came up here because... There were plenty of places where I'd just walk in with a mask. No one said anything. There wasn't a mandate at all in Manchester, which is where I was staying in 2020. And uh, even in Keene, there were plenty of places that just wouldn't say anything to you. Or you had that out, which is just, oh, I have an exemption. And then the the manager leaves you alone. So it just wasn't that bad here. So I just can't see it coming back and just as many people complying. Like, I feel that the way that it's leaning is way more people saying wait that was stupid like wait well, it wasn't just two weeks yeah yeah and um you know even if people kind of like bought into that and they were you know either afraid of covid or got vaccinated and still think that it was a good idea and continue mm-hmm. to get their boosters i think when it comes to like the mask stuff i i think people are just sick of it you know yeah. like i i think people are just even like those people that are, you know, full believers. So I want to point out that some people have a right to be afraid of COVID because of weakened immune systems. But when you use the tools like government to force your your fear onto the rest of the people and demand that, you know, we all be forced to wear masks or forced to do certain things, that creates a problem for me. Yeah. Um, and I guess my point is like people are just, you know, people don't want to go a lot. People are used to not having to do all of those things anymore. So I, it's going to be harder to get the majority to get back involved with that. You know, I agree. That's that's like been my main point this whole time. Like, I think that if people keep speaking up about that, they won't comply, then, quote unquote, they the government will be less likely to want to impose these because it will make yeah. them look stupid if they impose it and nothing like that happened in Keene. they imposed it in Keene, even though tons of people including me and Ian, when it spoke saying it was a bad idea to impose a mask mandate like a second one in 2021 and they did it anyway and then they just quietly got rid of it because lots of people were not complying dan from jackson dan you're on the uh line with us kind of on topic um did you say, say you're from jackson michigan right yeah. Um, okay, I'm on the air now. Oh yes, you are. All right. Um, first thing I want to find out is I've been listening for a while now, and uh, I got to know you guys on your voices and stuff. But I want to find out how Arya's doing and what happened with Ian because I've been tuned out. Oh, for Ian several is months. right here in the studio uh, behind me. He's not in jail yet or anything. His... Oh, I, I thought because last night I tuned in and so. Some whole different show I never heard oh, of. Before. Oh, yeah. So, two, no, three uh, new shows have been added to the Free Talk Live network. That's Monday is Ernie Hancock, Tuesday is Liberty at Night, and Friday is the Reigns and Edge show. And um, that's just yeah. going to be a permanent <laughs> thing anyway. Um, uh, that's bad. I didn't like it. I like you guys better. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you for that. Thank I you. think they're we pretty good. like doing a show. But, um, what? Yeah, Arya's um, yeah. in prison, and she got yeah, I know. 18 months. She's been in for about two uh, months. Hopefully she doesn't serve the whole too bad. 18. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So how has she got a decent place, or is it like bad for her? She's or in. So she was sent to a men's facility. It's um, it's pretty much like lower. It's like very low security. It's a prison camp, is what they oh. call it. So it's a, a oh, more good. of a we, medical center like, satellite camp. We got that. We got that in Michigan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know about, you know about Michigan. We got a bad prison here, but yeah, we got a camp too. So yeah, so I it seems know what she got. It seems like call, all things considered, it um, could have been much worse. Yeah, like it, it could have yeah, been much worse. I know it could. And um, she seems to be getting along with the people yeah. that are there, and That's you know, great. good um, news. Thankfully, um, like we have a pretty supportive community, so people are like sending her funds and books and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah. Good, good news. All right, that's good. Um, and um, well, so you said you called in because you wanted to talk about politics and the end times, right? Right. Oh, first I got to tell you, I'm religious and I'm vaccinated and I get vaccinated. Okay. <laughs> uh, part of it because of you guys talking about the whole thing. And when, this, when it came down, I was like, okay, forget what, what it was when, when it came down. But uh, first thing I heard was... um. I don't have any vaccines except for when I was a kid. So I was anti-vaccine before they said anti-vaccine. So I was already ready to not jump at it like everyone else. Oh, sorry. You said you're unvaccinated. I thought you said you're religious and vaccinated. No, unvaccinated. Because that's what your topic was at first. And it got me. I just tuned in for five minutes and I had to call you. But (laughs) anyways, um, politics and end time. In the Bible, Revelation... The beast is politics. It's the one world government is the beast, and it's led by the other beast, the Antichrist. And in my, not my interpretation, this is another minister I listened to, been listening to, and and couldn't turn off for since I tuned him in in 2013 or something. Who's that? Irvin Baxter. Irvin Baxter. He passed on. The ironic thing is he passed on from covid Hmm. And, uh, pretty ironic. It is, yeah. They killed him, I think. Anyway, so they wanted to shut him up, but they didn't shut up his ministry. It's still going strong. It's End Time uh, Ministry dot uh, Incorporated. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place. Well, what's it's he hard have to, to find say? Now. What's he have to say? Okay, okay. The Beast. Okay, it talks about the. Uh, it's so much to tell you, but just the short term is the Beast in End Time is rising up out of the sea, this big monster with first there in Daniel, there's four beasts, a lion, a bear, uh, a leopard. Man? Oh, not a man. No, not a man. God, you got me screwed up. No, <laughs> there's sorry. Four beasts. A bear, a lion, a leopard. Eagle, maybe. I can't see the third, fourth beast. That's the best stuff I have to Oh my God. I know I screwed up this part. It's but, okay. It's, okay. We can move The lion is, represents it's basically is this. The lion, as you know, is Europe. So it's an English speaking. The mouth of a lion, the beast. Okay, the final beast in Revelation has the mouth of a lion, the body of a leopard, and the feet of a bear. And what the heck is the oh the the wings of an eagle, that's the fourth beast. Was part of the lion. The wings were plucked off and made to stand like a man. You were right, there was a man. That man and just the interpretation is Uncle Sam. It's as simple as basic as that. It's just pathetic, and no one gets it. So, Everyone's like, oh, that's Let me that's try to see if I can but, sum up what you're saying. You're, you're saying that, because in the book of Revelations in the Bible, there is 
um, John is seeing this vision and he sees a beast rise up out of the water and it's made up of all these different animal parts. And you're saying that you think that it is the United States? No. Oh. The the wings are gone. And the wings, and Israel is giving the wings of a great eagle and protected for time, times and half a time, which is three and a half years of tribulation. Just because somebody is um, hesitant for to believe in what quote unquote the science is saying, the the consensus, the people who are you know working with authority figures to say this is what everyone needs to believe. Just because you're um, hesitant to believe that doesn't mean that you're um, scientifically illiterate, like this article is trying to claim. Mm-hmm. And I find it really annoying. Uh, it says in a 2011 paper entitled "The Emergence of Conspirituality," conspiracy theory experts charlotte ward and david voas detailed what they describe as a new hybrid system of belief they call it conspirituality a word borrowed from a canadian hip-hop group of that name famous for their radical politically conscious lyrics ward and voas define conspiritual uh, conspirituality as marrying the female dominated new age with its positive focus on self in the male-dominated realm of conspiracy theory, with its negative focus on global politics. That is just so weird. Why do they have to say it like that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like, know. It's just like It's strange. a way to create images in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah, like this is definitely like feels like, I don't know. Slanted. Like they want yeah. you to think a thing. Yes. Yes, definitely. It says that they, those two that created that word, said... Proponents believe that the best strategy for dealing with the threat of a totalitarian new world order is to act in accordance with an awakened an awakened new paradigm worldview. So these are the... I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty right. based. I was going to say, these yeah. are the proponents of conspirituality. Yeah, it does sound based, Nikki. So <laughs> they're just trying to make that sound bad. Sounds good to me. As far as the COVID-19 vaccine is concerned, conspiratorial anti-vax campaigners across the globe cite government, big pharma companies, and Western medicine as the objects of their mistrust. They posit that the body and its immune system is sacred. They see the supposedly toxic materials. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, I'm sorry, mercury isn't supposedly toxic. Yeah, like that's known, a known toxin. Yep. Yeah, and you, mercury used to be in vaccines. Yep, I'm, it's still in some vaccines. It's not in all of them, but well, it is still and in like some. the other preservatives. You know, like some people will do like the low preservative vaccine to like kind of as like a compromise. Hmm. But I mean, either way, or just like yeah, the, your body is sacred. Like there is actually um, what's it called? Fetal stem cells in some, and some people yeah. are not okay with putting uh, aborted fetuses' stem cells in their body, whether it, yeah. you know, was going to get aborted anyways. I mean, you don't. I, I'm not saying that that is necessarily toxic. I'm just saying it's a lot of people find that to be unethical. I mean, that's literally against a lot of people's religion. You know, it's people, reasonable. people who are against abortion um, probably aren't cool with fetal stem cells being injected into their body. Like, right. Right. It says they they see the supposedly toxic materials they claim are in vaccines as posing an existential threat. Yep. I, I mean, yeah, it does. <laughs> in May 2020, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a yoga expert launched the Conspirituality podcast aiming to dissect where the wellness industry overlaps with New Age cults and conspiracy theor- theorists. 
Episodes have covered everything from QAnon to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as the anti-vax candidate of the U.S. presidential campaigns. They provide listeners, as one reviewer has noted, with updates on disastrous spirituality and interviews with guests who have either been part of or on, oh, sorry, either have been part of or are experts on online cult-like communities where a desire to live more naturally has become a form of paranoia. What? That's a, <laughs> is that a cult? Yeah. That I want to be healthy and not oh like eat like cult-like you know, anti-nutrients and toxins. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like so many people, they're like, oh, we need to get all these vaccines and take all these medications. And it's like, nothing can replace, you know, your immune system. Nothing can replace, you know, being healthy, eating a healthy diet, exercising, sitting in the sun. Those things are extremely important for humans to thrive and survive and not get sick. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.